Hello and welcome back to How About That Crypto, your home for crypto and Web3 news and updates with your host, Bitcoin Stylist. And today's news and updates are a wrap-up of the last week on the FTX crash and the contagion. FTX goes to court. What have we learned? BlockFi makes their obvious status official. And crypto Twitter peeps fly to the Bahamas to confront SBF. They're calling it the hunt for SBF. We, we have a deep dive into the DCG and Grayscale Bitcoin Trust FUD. I think that that's probably the biggest piece of information and news, and it's definitely the biggest segment of today's news because we do a deep that deep dive, and we conclude on a positive note, believe it or not. All right, but first, please like, subscribe, follow, and comment to support me. I really appreciate it. And don't forget, this is not financial advice. You can use the links below to do your own research. And if you want financial advice, you can go to a financial advisor. All right. So I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. I was in New York visiting friends and family, and I had a wonderful time with my wife. Over the last week, there has been a lot happening, quite a bit of positive news, actually, believe it or not. But I think the most important news, in my opinion, is FTX goes to court and the FUD, what is this FUD around the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust and, and should we be worried uh, about some sort of liquidation? And I'll explain that all that. So let's dive right in and I'm going to share my screen. So if you're listening on podcast, you can use the links below to follow along or just listen up because I'm going to let you in on all of it. All right. Authors Rohan Goswami and Mackenzie Sigalos Report for CNBC. Oh, sorry. Hold on one second. I lost my place here. Okay. Report for CNBC. And the title is FTX lawyer calls this case a different sort of animal in first bankruptcy hearing. All right. And I'm going to read a couple paragraphs here. Uh, lawyers for Collapsed Crypto Exchange, FTX, said in the company's first bankruptcy hearing on Tuesday that regulators from the Bahamas, where FTX was headquartered, have agreed to consolidate proceedings in Delaware. FTX's lawyers, who were brought in by a new leadership to handle restructuring, filed an emergency motion last week to secure the move to the U.S. The hearing on Tuesday was the initial step in the resolution of the largest cryptocurrency bankruptcy on record. So something that we talked about is uh, there's a con there was definitely a concern that uh, FTX was the bankruptcy was not going to make it to the U.S. And uh, we definitely want the U.S. Uh, to do it here. Apparently, it's a better process. It's uh, easier and we have a higher likelihood of getting any of our money. If you know that to be inaccurate, uh, please leave a comment below. That's what my research shows. So we know that FTX experienced uh, a bank a run on the bank. That just means that people requested their money that amounted to more than what FTX had on hand. This happens because banks lend out the money you give them. No, FTX was not a bank, but they were using your money without you knowing. So when you and all the other FTX customers realized there was a problem, you pulled your money out. But everyone did it at the same time, and a lot of that money was tied up in other investments. Like Warren Buffett says, when the tide goes out, that's when we know who has been swimming naked. And that just means that you were over leveraged. You didn't actually have the money that you were betting. And when the prices went down, you had nothing, not even a shirt on your back. You were naked. You had nothing. You lost 
everything. Okay, so I'm going to scroll down here a little bit. There's some really interesting stuff that came out. Um, Let's see. So the lawyer says it's essential that we first maximize the value of the assets we have, whether that means selling assets, selling businesses, or restructuring them. All of that is on the table. FTX customers had a global presence, but many were based in tax havens. The largest geographic areas represented, including the Cayman Islands of 22% of registered customers, U.S. Virgin Islands, 11% of registered customers, and 8% of customers were in China. So that's 30 41 and for a company that size that's raised that much money that's a lot okay so basically everyone's skipping uh paying taxes and uh, that's one of the reasons why the lawyers wanted to keep the top 50 creditors uh confidential and they said they don't even have physical addresses for some people so it sounds like uh there's some pretty shady characters on this ftx exchange i'm not saying that that's different from other exchanges i'm just saying i'm just saying you know i don't know if coinbase has the same situation and if they're kycing all their customers meaning they're collecting all that identifying information about them sounds like maybe ftx may not have uh we will find out because it doesn't sound like they did a very good job of compliance which is also coming up in court ftx FTX lawyers said that they've established four silos for the company's assets and various entities. They are the West Realm Shire Silo or WRS Silo, which controls and encompasses U.S. holdings. The Alameda Silo, which includes Alameda Research, Bankman Freed's now defunct hedge fund. The Venture Silo, which invest, which invested in crypto companies and startups. The dot-com silo, which encompasses, encompasses the international businesses, the bulk of FTX deposits. So FTX was investing in a bunch of companies, crypto companies. Uh, they had Alameda Research, which was the hedge fund that used your money to make big bets and lost it all. And then said, sorry, FTX, we can't pay you back. But really, it was like a left arm and a right arm were two different companies, FTX and Alameda. But really, they were the same. They were the arms of the same person. <laughs> but legally, they're different. Get the fuck out of here. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on. I don't need to get in any debate with a technocrat about the law. Uh, bottom line is, this is some shady stuff. And it really does, I really don't care. <laughs> like... Oh, my gosh. Okay, so uh, let me keep going on. Uh, Bromley said, Bromley is the FTX lawyer, said the asset recovery and protection efforts encompass not just crypto assets and currency, but information. The company has also brought on independent directors for the first time. A substantial amount of assets have either been stolen or missing. Additionally, substantial funds appear to have been transferred from other silos to Alameda. A key aspect of the FTX crisis around Alameda and FTT token. We talked about that last week. Okay, so I think uh, that's a pretty good summary of what's been going on. And so let's keep on moving. Um, if you have any questions or comments, leave a com- please leave, a, leave it in the comments below. If you're listening on podcasts, uh, you can check me out on Twitter at Bitcoin Stylist is my handle. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. You can send me a message or email me at listen at howaboutthatcrypto.com. All right, let's keep moving on. Author Rohan Goswami reports for CNBC how FTX death spirals spell doom for BlockFi, according to bankruptcy filing. So basically, we are now talking about contagion. Uh, but we're still kind of like talking a little bit about FTX. So 
BlockFi, it says BlockFi's Chapter 11 troubles began with FTX. A BlockFi advisor said in a court filing with a liquidity injection that was supposed to save the company. But like I mentioned last week, the uh, allegations of uh, the speculation, um, the unconfirmed reports, but reports nonetheless, is that once there was a small liquidity injection into BlockFi by FTX, they turned around and took a loan out and used used uh blockfi's customer deposits as collateral uh so they ended up just leveraging it they got it got it got those assets for pennies on the dollar and then leveraged it um blockfi advisor mark renzi said that blockfi was completely unlike ftx but laid the lion's share of the blame at the feet of many others on the broader market on bankrupt hedge fund 3o's capital and ftx on november 11th the day ftx filed bankruptcy blockfi paused customer withdrawals Investors like at, at FTX, Voyager, and Celsius are now left in limbo with no access to their funds. I mentioned that the Voyager last week, you should just go back and watch the last episode because I talk a lot about all this other stuff. Okay, so boom, BlockFi files for bankruptcy, but we already knew that if you've been watching this channel. That was all literally already knew that. Okay, and now we discuss, discuss the hunt for SBF. This is literally insane. So author Andre Bogansky uh, reports for Decrypt, would-be crypto sleuths converge on Bahamas to hunt for SBF. The crypto community takes a search for the disgraced FTX founder into their own hands. So basically what this all comes down to is that the crypto world has no faith in the establishment uh, managing this whole situation. And there's been a, a, a lack of, of of calling out any sort of scams or fraud in the mainstream media there seems to be little action on the part of uh the you know justice for fraud and lying and misleading investors and customers and so like is any of this gonna fall in a technical way within the law we're just gonna have to wait and see but there are people that are not going to wait and see. They do not trust or don't feel like they can rely on the establishment. And, and that means the Justice Department, the courts, and uh, the mainstream media to report the news in a balanced manner. Instead, it kind of seems like they're, they're he's like, oh, now I read this one piece that said, oh, my gosh, who cares about crypto? It's all a bunch of scammers anyway. Now we have lost this person who's making all of these donations. It's like, who the heck cares about that? Like, there are innocent people that have been hurt and their money is gone. Okay, yes, there are cryptos and there are criminals in crypto, but guess what? There are way more criminals using cash, just so you know. Okay, anyway, Ben Armstrong, who runs a and that is by by the way, that is confirmed by data. So I've reported on this multiple times in, in volume of transactions, the amount of transactions, G, global GDP compared to the amount of transactions in the crypto world, the use uh, for illicit transactions is a staggering orders of magnitude greater in the financial, in the traditional financial sector. So I can't believe people talk the way they do. Anyway, okay, so Ben Armstrong, who runs a popular YouTube channel called BitBoy Crypto, posted a live stream of himself walking around the resort's property, and he was eventually turned away. Let's see a little, uh, little. I guess we could do a little clip here. Um, 
it's not important. The point is, like, these people are walking around, going down, and they got, like, a whole crew of people with them. It's not just, like, one person. It's, like, a bunch of people going down hunting for him. So I think that these people are nuts. I would not do that. And, um, yeah, what do you think about that? Do you love that, or do you think that that's terrible? Uh, well, you know, maybe uh, Congress and law enforcement and regulatory agencies should do their effing job. All right. Moving on. So now we're going to get into the biggest news piece of the day is all about Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, D DCG or Digital Currency Group and Genesis Lending. So what the hell am I talking about? If you don't know, then you have literally not been paying attention to some of the biggest concerns and worries in crypto right now, believe it or not. Okay, so author Harrison Miller reports for Investors.com or Investors Business Daily. The title is Bitcoin Bounces Crypto Broker Attempts to Bypass Bankruptcy. All right, so here I'm going to read a little bit from this. DCG owns Grayscale Investments, manager of the world's largest crypto fund, Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. Grayscale holds more than 3% of the world's Bitcoin. DGC also owns crypto broker Genesis Global Trading and digital asset news outlet Coindesk. Genesis warned it may need to file for bankruptcy as, as it struggles to raise capital. Okay, so uh, one thing is important, like Genesis... As soon as this uh, this situation happened with Genesis having issues, uh, Gemini paused their Earn product. So all other Gemini customers as of right now are safe. I'm not saying you should keep your money on the exchange and it's safe. Okay, so full disclosure, I moved the bulk of all of my crypto off of exchanges. I still have, you know, a percentage, maybe 10 or 20% max on exchanges definitely think it's more like 10 but under 20 percent on exchanges and that's because they're either in significant uh, positions or i am using that to just trade the rest is i'm holding i'm sticking it off of the exchanges well so in all of this genesis apparently is like a big partner in liquidity and trading in crypto world and DCG or Digital Currency Group, they have invest. They have the largest ecosystem and like the biggest player in investing and lending in crypto. So if they go under, it's a big deal, okay? But that's not. We're not digging into understanding DCG and Genesis as much as we are understanding is is the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust actually going to be liquidated? Liquidated. This says that they hold 3% of the world's Bitcoin. You can buy Grayscale Bitcoin Trust as the GBT. See GBTC ticker on the stock market, and that's how you can get exposure. However, right now, the concern is there's been tons of selling pressure, and uh, and the and well, I'm going to get into it deeper in a second, but there's been tons of selling pressure, and there's been tons of fear around the DCG situation, and and uh, therefore that's pushed the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust down, which means that the amount of Bitcoin that Grayscale owns. Uh, compared to what the total market cap is, it creates a huge discount. So if you buy GBTC, you're buying Bitcoin at a discount. But of course, the FUD is really uh, all about whether or not Grayscale actually has those Bitcoin. Consider considering everything that we've been going through, people are like, I don't know. Do you actually have the Bitcoin? Because you know, FTX and Alameda, they said they had stuff that they didn't. So, all right. 
So I'm going to scroll down. I'm going to read a little bit. Okay. Grayscale announces that its product continue, its product, sorry, continue. Ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, ay. Okay. I'm having trouble. I'm trying to highlight this. So if anybody's watching, they can read along. Great. Oh my goodness. I don't know why this is so difficult. It's like my mouse is too sensitive or something. Okay. Grayscale announced that his product continues to operate business as usual and recent events have had no impacts or on product or operations. Grayscale says that Genesis Global Capital is not a counterparty or service provider for any Grayscale products. In an SEC filing on October 3rd, Genesis was terminated as authorized participant of GBTC but continues to serve as its liquidity provider. Grayscale products and GBT's underlying assets. So I'm assuming continues to learn act as liquidity provider means that GBTC might still be buying the Bitcoin from Genesis Capital. Uh, Grayscale products and GBTC's underlying assets are held in segregated wallets and cold storage by its custodian, custodian Coinbase, the company said. However, Grayscale declined to share its full proof of reserves due to security concerns. It shared a letter from Coinbase custody confirming it had 635,000 Bitcoin in storage. To be clear, the Bitcoin underlying Grayscale Bitcoin trusts are owned by GBTC and GBTC alone. So what basically what's happening is a lot of people on on Twitter and social media, other social media, uh, they're trying to say that. And even in, um, in like a lot of these crypto publications, there's a lot of people saying that, you know, hey, show me that you actually have the money you say you do. Show me you actually have the assets you say you do, because now no one trusts anybody as they shouldn't. <laughs> I'm saying, I just don't know why you would trust people with your money in this in this situation. You know, maybe down the road, maybe maybe down the road, once uh, once more and more mainstream people get in, which is one of the positive news, by the way, Fidelity, and I'll talk more about that uh, later this week. But Fidelity is now uh, now you can trade crypto with Fidelity. They have a crypto trading platform. So there you go. Boom. Are you going to trust Fidelity? I would definitely trust Fidelity. But then again, like what's going to stop some employee from taking it? Probably security protocols that require multiple signatures on the in a wallet. But anyway, we'll dig into that later. But at the end of the day, no one's trusting anybody right now. And Coinbase is the one who holds their stuff. Now, just remember, Grayscale is a publicly traded company. Grayscale, and Coinbase is a publicly traded company. If they make these statements they are going to get in a lot of trouble it's not like ftx and bahamas he can say whatever he wants to say and like who knows if they're going to be able to get him in the u.s or get him on anything that he did wrong um but like this would be straight up fraud okay so the likelihood that they're doing this i mean it would be insane like why would a successful business like coinbase that's been around for a long time why would they lie about this for grayscale? I mean, come on. Anyway, I could be wrong, but I'm gonna I'm making bets that I'm right. I'm buying grayscale Bitcoin trusts. Okay, full disclosure. To be perfectly clear, the BTC underlying grayscale Bitcoin trusts are owned by GBT and GBTC alone. Meanwhile, Kathy Woods is snapping up GBTC at a discount. Archivest manager purchased more than 315,000 shares worth 2.8 million. And I'm going to follow Kathy Woods. What are you going to do? Okay. Now, leave, leave a comment below. Let me know. Now, let's look into the FUD around Grayscale, DCG, and Genesis. Let's look deeper into this now. All right. So, here we have an article. It's by Jiwon Sun. 
on Cointelegraph titled, Controlling Shareholders' Stakes in GBTC are Highly Illiquid. It's net good news for GBTC shareholders and FUD fighting. According to a tweet by Ryan Selkis, CEO of blockchain research firm, firm Masari, Grayscale Bitcoin Trust controlling shareholders, Genesis Global and Digital Currency Group cannot simply dump their holdings to raise more money. Selkis explained that Rule 144A of the U.S. Securities Act of 1933 requires that issuers of OTC trading or over-the-counter traded entities give advance notice of proposed sales and imposes a quarterly sales cap of either 1% of outstanding shares or weekly traded volume. Okay, uh, so what do you think about that? Let me just read this tweet here. Uh, it says, no, they can't just dump GBTC. That's part of the liquidity crisis, but also net good news for GBTC shareholders and flood fighting. Why? Because in the public market, there are rules. It says DCG bought, DCG bought nearly $800 million worth of GBTC shares since the premium flipped to a discount in early 2021. DCG's board authorized up to 1.2 billion share purchase of Grayscale, Grayscale Trusts. In light of the current liquidity issues, the remainder is likely on hold indefinitely. So basically they're saying that uh, they've already purchased a large amount of of shares and they're they're saying that these were over the counter traded entities and they're saying that they're not allowed to just dump the shares because they are considered issuers now now i uh, I don't think I've shown you this other piece yet. So let's kind of keep moving on. There's some other information. So let's just take that. Um, and let's dive a little deep, a little deeper. Okay. This is a really good article. Uh, or this is a really good thread. This is a uh, James Seifert, Seifert, Seifert. Anyway, he's a certified financial accountant, right? Certified financial advisor. I don't know what CAIA is, uh, asset manager. He's a Bloomberg intelligence. And um, so, yeah, so like he's an authority in this area. So I found this for you. All right. So I'm going to uh, tell you the really important thing here is that no, none of the trusts are like, sorry, the really important thing here is that none of Grayscale trusts, they have Ethereum trusts. Bitcoin trust. See, Bitcoin trust returns something like $200 million a year or more in fees. So like, that's also another reason why would you want to liquidate something that's a cash cow? All right. So, but the reality is like it could happen and the FUD is here and that's what we're talking about. So it's important that none of these are liquidated. This would cause so much selling pressure. The prices could collapse. DCG does have their hands in a lot of things. So that is a concern. But the big question here is liquidation of grayscale. Will it happen or not? So I got, I'm going to dig into these to the this whole thing i've kind of separated it out for you all right all right so here you go i think voluntary liquidation of gbtc is rather unlikely based on what we know that said filings clearly state that insolvency or bankruptcy of the trust sponsor grayscale would constitute a reason for liquidation unless 50 percent of shares vote to transfer a new to a new sponsor so you can see here and this is like the documents from the trust trust will dissolve in the following events and one of them is a certificate of disillusion of a revoke or revocation of the 
sponsor's charter is filed or withdrawal, removal, adjudication, or remission of bankruptcy or solvency of the sponsor. So, so if DCG uh, files bankruptcy, then it says that at the time there is at least one remaining sponsor, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so basically 50%, it says, oh, wait, unless... At the time, there's at least one remaining sponsor that remaining sponsor carries on the trust. So you have DCG and Genesis, it sounds like. So one of them fail, the other doesn't. However, let's just say there's one and the same and one of them fails, then the, the shareholders can vote, not, not including the shares held by those sponsors. So as long as over 50% of everybody else says we want a new sponsor, then, then we would do that. So... So DCG or Genesis or both would have to file bankruptcy. And like, I'm not a lawyer here. So like, I'm explaining how I understand it. They would have to find a bank. They would have to file bankruptcy and um, their shares would be what, you know, liquidated. But they're, you know, when I go dig further down, you'll see that they're, and I just spoke to you in the previous article that they can't just liquidate the shares. They can only sell 1%, like a quarter or something like that. Let's look, go back and look what they were saying here. It says, uh, says impose a quarterly sales cap of 1% of outstanding shares or weekly traded volume. So like, that's not very much. And Okay, so let's keep going here. All right. I'm going to keep moving forward. Okay, so why doesn't Grayscale just voluntarily liquidate GBTC, which is clearly stated as possible in the trust documents, right? It is possible. The clear answer here is the fees. Even at the current compressed Bitcoin prices, we estimate revenue from Grayscale Trust to be over $300 million annually. So they're making tons of money. Why would they sell? It doesn't make any sense. All right, well, let's just keep going now. But they can unlock a lot of value from liquidation of GBTC and ETH-E. ETH-E, I guess, is, let's see, real quick. I'm assuming that's their Grayscale uh, Ethereum. Yeah, Grayscale Ethereum Trust. So they could do that. They could liquidate it um, and unlock value. It says, yes, they could. Liquidating them would unlock about... $460 million more than selling the shares. So if they liquidated it, they could get more money than if they just sold the shares. And that's probably because they can only sell their shares at a certain clip and a certain rate. Um, or there's something else, uh, something else there. Uh, but basically this guy's saying that, um, let's see, it says shares held, underlying value, market price. Okay, so if they liquidate both of them, then they would make more money. And it could be it could net DCG about one billion dollars, but they'd likely have to sell all the ETH and the Bitcoin on open markets. Okay, so that's basically the point here. You liquidate a trust of Bitcoin and Ethereum, even if you can do it, and after all of these, I mean, even if you do it after all of these rules then you're selling, you're just constantly selling and selling and selling at a rate in a market that's already down. What do you think that's going to do to the price? So it doesn't even make any sense for them to sell it right now. Uh, or just, it doesn't even, it just doesn't, oh my God. Okay, so this is obviously by choice. So like at the end of the day, are they going to be forced to sell? Maybe, but like, let's just like understand 
the realities here. The reality is these are cash cows. Even if you do liquidate them, it's going to crush the price and they'll lose more money than they'll get. Like there's no way at current values they're going to pull out this $169 million more than selling the shares. That's just BS. And they're not going to net $1 billion. That's also BS because they're going to have to sell it on the open market. And you can't dump that much product, you being the largest holder of these assets in the world, especially in Bitcoin, then that's just going to crush the market. So you're not going to get your money. I hope that makes sense. I'm going to keep moving on. Uh, and there's a lot of Bitcoin, about 633,000 Bitcoin. This sale would undoubtedly have a big impact on the price and DCG Grayscale would be given up 300 plus million in annual revenue at... It was much higher long ago. Just think this said, okay, anyway, so there you go. Why would you do that? You give rid of 300 million and crash the price. So you can't even get full value for your assets. Okay, so moving on. All right, so back to liquidation real quick. This is express language that if GBTC is forced to liquidate, all the assets will be sold and cash will be distributed. So delevering Bitcoin is not viable in that situation. It says here, if the trust is forced to liquidate, the trust will be liquidated under the sponsor's direction. The sponsor, on behalf of the trust, will engage directly with Bitcoin markets to liquidate the trust's Bitcoin as promptly as possible <laughs> while obtaining the best fair value possible. I mean, what the hell does that even mean? You're going to have to sell it slowly. Otherwise, you're going to crush the price and you're not going to get the most money for your Bitcoin. At the same time, there's language on the same page that makes it seem like other form of dissolution might allow for some sort of in-kind Bitcoin redemption. So that's really interesting. So like another way would be to, instead of selling the shares, we give all the shareholders in-kind Bitcoin. So if I own $3,000 worth of Bitcoin and it's trading at $15,000, then I'll get what was it, like a third of a Bitcoin. Yeah. So, so they'll, I'll just get that sent. It says upon dissolution of the trust and surrender of shares by the shareholders, shareholders receive a distribution in US dollars or Bitcoin. Incidental rights and or IR virtual currency at the sole discretion of the sponsor after the sponsor has sold the trust to Bitcoin. Incidental rights in IR virtual currency if applicable and has paid or made provision for the trust's claim and obligations. Basically, they could give you Bitcoin, which that would be really interesting. I'll take Bitcoin for my Bitcoin Grayscale shares. I mean, I'd rather keep Grayscale, my Grayscale shares bought at a deep discount and wait for them to go up uh, and like ride out this storm. Anyway, keep moving. Even in, if in-kind redemption is possible, my assumption is that it would be a logistical nightmare to liquidate the trust by distributing Bitcoin. Grayscale estimates the number of accounts that hold Grayscale Bitcoin trust to be over 850,000 BTC addresses and TradFi systems don't marry well. So they'd it would be a logistical nightmare, and but it, it shouldn't cross the price. You know, that's just another, another fallen company. You know, we got a lot of them here, uh, so it wouldn't crash the price. We would get our Bitcoin. It would cost how much money and how much time to go through this process, but that is an option. So 
I guess if it happens this way, then I guess I'm not really that worried about it. I'm really worried about a liquidation and a dumping of 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 digital assets into the market, causing the market to crash. Okay, back to some more juicy stuff. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that those 35 million grayscale Bitcoin trust shares that Genesis now owns are a key part of liquidity issues. They deal in dollars and crypto for the lending and grayscale is bit. Grayscale is neither of those. Taking GBTC collateral definitely limited losses for Genesis and DCG, DG, DCG. Oh my gosh. I don't know why it's so hard for me to say DCG. But there's a liquidity maturity mismatch now. So why don't they just sell the shares? The first and obvious answer is they're related to Grayscale. And a sale of that size, no matter how methodical, would hurt Grayscale. Another more important factor is that they literally cannot sell all their shares. Grayscale Bitcoin Trust shares are offered under Rule 144A and are traded OTC. GPTC is a grantor trust, not a close-in fund. Rule 144 limits how related affiliated parties can unload shares. That goes back full circle, back to they can only sell 1% of shares outstanding uh, of the same class being sold, or if the class is listed on stock exchange, the greater of 1% or the average reported weekly trading volume during the four weeks preceding. So basically, they're capped on how much they can sell. So there's that too. All right, and I'm just going to scroll down here. Finally, GBTC's Bitcoin is there. It's held by Coinbase. If the shit show that is FTX and three years capital and Celsius, etc. didn't happen, I'd say there's a 100% chance the Bitcoin is held by the trust. But I'm not stupid enough to say that. That said, 99.9% .9 chance it's there. Plus, Coinbase said so. Basically, these guys saying that like you could trust Coinbase, but because of everything that's happened, you guess you can't really trust anybody. There's a letter here from Coinbase. And then, and then he says, I just want to add, this entire thread is irrelevant if the SEC would simply approve a spot Bitcoin ETF. There'd be a way to access the underlying Bitcoin. No discount. Everyone could sell based on what they wanted to, although that would that crash the market. <laughs> it could be traded more efficiently. And um, yeah, so that's uh, that's the deep dive into the DCG Grayscale Bitcoin Trust stuff. And um, to end on a final note, and... On positive sign, yes, that's right. This is an article from Richard Lehman at Seeking Alpha titled FTX may have delivered a watershed moment to digital assets, the crypto ecosystem, regulation, and crypto ventures. All right, so I'm just going to read the bullets here. This is the positive side of things. Whether the FTX disaster was a result of a bad character, bad entity, a willful competitor, blind incompetence, or a combination of all of these, the results are the same. Many institutions will now likely view crypto as toxic until it is brought onshore and regulated. New regulations will surely emerge, but may not be the ones people have been hoping for. We don't see this bringing on the demise of Bitcoin and crypto, but we do see it significantly altering their trajectory. So this should bring a lot of confidence into the market because it should actually bring on uh, bring on regulations. And regulations will allow the big money to get in because they're not going to touch it, especially now. Uh, however, Fidelity did just announce that they launched uh, a crypto exchange, and I'll talk more about that later and some other good news. And there's been a lot of investments. Basically, my synopsis is the FTX stuff is not over yet, but I am not worried about Grayscale. Uh, 
being liquidated. I'm more worried about DCG and Genesis's future, but I do not see them liquidating something that's making them money and would literally, the process of liquidating it would crash the value of the asset itself. So, you know, I think uh, a more likely outcome is that they use the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust as collateral to take out a larger loan. And if they default on that loan, then whoever gave them the collateral would consume GBTC keeping GBTC up and running. What do you think? Let me know. Leave a comment below. This is not financial advice. I am not a lawyer. I am just a crypto enthusiast. And boom, hodl on. Have a good day.